quick one here. Sooners visiting Mizzou. Mizzou quietly 6-0, and and Oklahoma just three-point favorites on the road. Oklahoma, but they're overrated. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma big. I'm Oklahoma. Go Oklahoma as well. But no Michigan football this afternoon. We'll leave you for the weekend with that. For Adam, Steve, Steve, and Ian, I'm Cootie saying good night and go blue. Good evening, it's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Mike, and it's time for Pandora's Lunchbox. We're going to have a special show today looking at a bakery in Ypsilanti that has come back after a little bit of a mishap, but now their loaves of deliciousness are back around town. We're going to start, first of all, with a little bit of music here. It's another kind of uh, loaf, a different kind of thing, really. They're matzo balls, but uh, we'll start with that. Slim Gaylord? All right, you ready? Solid. Turn the Q-No filter Oops, uh, to the left of Outie. You ready? Voot, let's take off. Ready? Solid. Oh, Rooty, let's go. Ready? Vooty, Rooty. We'd like to beat out a little number title. What is it? <laughs> From the new picture, question mark, when the vouts come back to Capistrano. Root? Rooty, Rooty. Intro. Ready? Ah, computer fish about me. Order up, order up. Thanks, man. Thanks for this. Uh,
Pedro, my buddy. Thank you, thank you, Slim Gaylord, with matzo balls. It's something that you bake, and then you hear something like this, and you know you're in a show called Pandora's Lunchbox. I think that's how it works. I think that's the order of things. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I eat? them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay yes indeed Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday at 6.30 I have some guests in the studio to talk about bread that has risen again can I, can I say that? is that allowed? <laughs> maybe so uh, could you introduce yourselves would you? Uh, my name is Mike Sherston. I'm a baker at the uh, River Street Baker at the Ypsilanti Food Co-op. And I'm Eric Moore, the same a baker. So the uh, right next to the Ypsilanti Food Co-op and originated by the Ypsilanti Food Co-op is the River, Ta- River Street Bakery on That's River right. Street Nipsey, yep. just around the corner from Depot Town. And you folks, bread, bread of many kinds, is now back in Ann Arbor and Ypsi, many different places. Mm-hmm. But uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, what, sadly, uh, has made you unable to do that in the last few months? Well, we um, made a decision back in the early spring to uh, rebuild our oven. Oh, okay. Um, we have a wood-fired brick oven that um, is totally off the grid. We 
we source our wood and we build a fire in this oven and um, superheat it the night before we bake and then we bake off the radiant heat the following day. But uh, this oven was, uh, our first oven was built there 20 years ago mm. and it doubled its life expectancy. They figured it was like a 10-year oven. We got oh, okay. 20 out of it. And we um, decided to rebuild it, um, but we're, the uh, the rebuild was complicated by the fact that this oven was built into the back wall of a historic building, 170-year-old building. Oh, wow. And 20 years ago, when they put that first oven in there, um, they had to make some modifications to that back exterior wall of the building, um, put in some support beams. And when we were rebuilding our oven we bumped into the support beams so to speak and it kind of limited our access to um uh, adequately um fill the space with concrete the the structure of the oven is basically a a brick baking chamber and then mm. a cork and then a concrete jacket so to speak poured over the top on the sides of this thing so it's a big monolithic mass wow but our concrete jacket was uh, insufficient in spots under some of these structural elements that were introduced into this old building. And um, our second uh, trial run with this new oven um, uh, showed, demonstrated our the flaws in the construction. And we had a lot of heat escaping, which led to uh, this small, luckily small, fire in, oh dear. The, uh, in the building. Yeah, around June 22nd or 23rd, I forget the date. Mm. But uh, we cleared out um, a lot of that back wall in there, improved our access to the spots where we needed to get some more concrete back in there, and we sealed it up and uh, did some more extensive testing, and we got back up and running about three weeks ago. Great. Like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So I, I just, there are so many interesting concepts in bread making that are scientific and yet magical at the same time, if that seems uh, a reasonable thing to say. Sure. The idea of uh, radiant heat from the day before. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have any fire going uh, while we're baking. Uh, sometimes when we do pizzas, if we if we start doing those again, we'll have a little fire in the back. Uh, but really, we the night before, we, um, we burn a lot of wood in there, get the inside surface of the brick up to about 1,000 degrees, then let it sit overnight. That absorbs back into the brick and back into the concrete. And then we start pulling that heat back out the next day again. Wow. So, uh, Eric and Mike, tell me about how you got into the whole art and science and wonder of bread baking. How would you get into it? Uh, accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I'd been volunteering at the co-op. Um, actually editing their newsletter uh, about five years ago. Okay. And this item came across my desk, quote-unquote, uh, that the co-op was looking for someone who knew fires and knew bread baking. Mm. I'm like, why? Fire, why? What? Fire and bread baking. Right, right, right. So it was a combination that I just happened to know a little bit about both. Um, I'd lived out west, out in the mountains, and had a lot of experience with wood burning stoves and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and um, I just kind of stepped into it and I loved bacon and and said, yeah, I could do this. And kind of bluffed my way through the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done and five that years before. later. Here we are. <laughs> I've never bluffed my way through any interview, so I have no experience with that. <laughs> 
but yes. But uh, <laughs> so, so you're doing some wonderful bread now. You you definitely yeah, have what yeah, it takes. Yeah, I kind of was able to learn on the job, you know. And one of the first things I learned is that I had never really made a decent loaf of bread at home. Ah. You know, never really waited for it to fully proof, you know, always impatient, get it in the oven. And, uh, you know, as you, as, you, uh, as you learn about it, you learn what the different controls are in time and temperature and, and hydration and stuff like that when you're mixing stuff up. So This is very cool. How about you, Mike? How did you get started in bread? Uh, well, my, my wife has worked in the deli at the at the co-op for probably about five years now, probably about the same time Eric started. Um, I worked for a few years in a call center, and uh, it was an okay job, but I got promoted to a kind of management position and ended up in the job that... um, I was the guy that you yelled at when everything else had gone wrong. Um, And did that for a while and just started to burn out on it. And uh, had known Eric through through my wife and had uh, handed off a... Uh, a few times some beer I had brewed to him uh, and I, I was just having a really horrible day at work one day and I uh, called my wife and we talked for a minute I just needed to uh, get some stuff off my chest and she said oh well you know the uh, the assistant in the bakery just put in his two weeks notice today I said oh, okay huh <laughs> cool so I went back and told my boss that I, I, I wasn't feeling well I had to go home. Um, I went straight to the bakery and sat down and talked to Eric and our manager, Corinne, and went in the next day and gave my two weeks' notice and started to learn how to make bread. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Eric and Mike from the River Street Bakery, which is part of the Ypsilanti Food Co-op. And now it, it's primarily a sourdough bakery, correct? Yeah, even before, uh, we were doing a few yeasted breads, some ciabatta, uh, baguettes, French and Italian style loaves. But uh, since we've been back up, we've moved to pretty much um, all naturally leavened doughs. So we're not using any commercial yeast at all anymore. Great. Wow. Now that that's, sounds like quite an interesting transition that, that you have to go through. It's been a learning experience. Uh, we A lot of it we've had to kind of make up as we go along and find out what works. Okay. Now, one thing also, I told somebody once that... Um, the bakery was primarily doing sourdough. This was in the 90s. Maybe it was all sourdough at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think he chocolate, because they only do sourdough. I think he pictured one loaf or something mm-hmm. that's, that's a sourdough loaf and not really realizing that there are all kinds of sourdough bread you can make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's also another, um, I don't know, misconception. Um, sourdough, the way we use the term is technically means naturally leavened something that you have cultured and then you build your bread from this live culture that you maintain you know you've got your petri dish so to speak that you keep in the fridge or bring it out as you're feeding the cultures and stuff but uh you know depending on the types of flowers that you use and the type of culture um some of it's not all that sour okay in in flavor for example our and, you know, we're in Ipsy, so one of our breads, I had to give it the name, the Tower of Sour, because yes. the, the water tower there. The famous Ypsilanti water tower. Right, right, our, our beloved landmark. Um, and that is modeled after a San Francisco-style sourdough, hmm. which, you know, has got a real sour flavor to it. If you go down to Fisherman's Wharf and pick some up, it's uh, in San Francisco, it's a real sour, sour-tasting loaf. But... For the life of us, we have not been able to get a sour flavor out of that. Mm. And it comes back to, um, you know, there's an idea in winemaking called terroir, 
where terroir, terroir okay. which means uh, terrain, you know, the earth. So depending on where your flower comes from, that's going to dictate what organisms, what bacteria is on the flower, which dictates your flavor profile. Mm. So a uh, combination of that and the yeast that we have harnessed from the banks of the Huron River, basically, when we start our culture, this is local flavored bread. You know, you can do the same thing over in Iowa, and it's going to taste different. Wow. Well, I'd like to play a little bit of uh, inspirational music with the rising of the bread that we're hearing about here that is rising all over the place. This is, um, you know, I had a so- exactly, yeah. I had a song called Crumbs Off the Table that I forgot to bring. It's one of those things I said to myself, I'm going to bring this with me. But that's not the same as bringing it, so I didn't. But... I do have Johnny Cash five feet high and rising. I don't know if it's about bread, (laughs) but let's put it on and find out. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and here's our friend Johnny Cash. How high is the water, mama? Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, papa? She said it's two feet high and rising. But we can make it to the road in a homemade boat Cause that's the only thing we got left that'll float It's already over all the wheat and oats Two feet high and rising How high's the water, mama? Three feet high and rising How high's the water, papa? She said it's three feet high and rising Well, the hives are gone, I lost my bees Chickens are sleeping in the willow trees Cows in water up past her knees Three feet high and rising How high's the water, mama? Four feet high and rising How high's the water, papa? She said it's four feet high and rising Hey, come look through the window pane The bus is coming, gonna take us to the train Looks like we'll be blessed with a little more rain Four feet high and rising How high's the water, mama? Five feet high and rising How high's the water, papa? She said it's five feet high and rising Well, the rails are washed out north of town We gotta head for higher ground We can't come back till the water goes down Five feet high and rising Well, it's five feet high and rising Hello, this is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And, you know, I don't think that that was actually a song about bread. I I don't (laughs) think it was. But five feet high and rising, if you had a loaf of bread that was five feet high and rising, you'd be doing pretty well, especially if it was from... The this is a great segue from the River Street Bakery in Ypsilanti. So uh, welcome back, Mike and Eric. How you doing? Yeah, good. Good. Now I see before me a loaf of whole wheat sourdough, which is baked at the River Street Bakery. And uh, what are some things we can talk about as far as the spread goes? I mean, one of the wonderful things about bread is you're creating this. Smells so good. Here, here, let me put this up to the microphone so listeners can smell it. Is that good? <laughs> that smells really good. Smell yeah. radio? Yeah, smell it. Now, on the outside, it's more firm. On the inside, it's more soft. And uh, I've always thought that was just really interesting that you could create the same entity that's not the same texture and flavor all the way through. Can you tell me something about uh, what goes into that? Sure. 
Uh, well, the, we're baking at a really high heat, uh, which is a new thing with the new oven. Um, our, our old oven, I think we had trouble getting it uh, and keeping it as hot as we wanted to. But uh, this is just a really heavy-duty oven that we've got now. So we're baking at a lot higher temperatures, and I think that does a, uh, makes a big difference on the crust. Uh, we also do steam injection. Uh, which isn't as fancy as it is as it is with other bakeries. We use a hose and spray water on the roof of the oven, and it turns into steam. And that really keeps the uh, uh, keeps the crust from forming too quickly. So the bread gets to rise all the way. It gets to be nice and airy and soft in the middle. But then we get a nice thin, crispy crust on the outside. Very cool. So we have the the whole wheat sourdough. Can you name some of the other breads? We talked about the Tower of Sour, which. I don't know if that's five feet high in rising, but it could be. Uh, what are some other flavors that you do? Well, our uh, our flagship bread, our most popular one through the years, has been a three-seed sourdough. It's got uh, sesame, sunflower, and flax seeds in it. Mm. And that is just um, a crazy nutty delight. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we toast sunflower seeds, so it does have a, have a nutty flavor profile to it. Great. Um, that's been our most popular. We do uh, a roasted potato garlic loaf on mm. Wednesdays. We make a uh, a beer bread that we use um, caramel malts and uh, brasserie blonde ale that we get from the Corner Brewery. That's kind of a partnership that we have. Corner Brewery in Ypsilanti. In Ypsilanti, yeah. yeah. And we uh, make that bread also from their brewing yeast that... Um, that we have turned into a uh, into a bread culture. Mm. They had some leftover from one of the one of their brewing batches, and we just got it and kind of inoculated some flour and water with it, and uh, started a culture with that. So that is uh, a neat collaboration. Uh, we do a rye bread with caraway, um, and another popular bread is on Mondays we bake an anadama bread, which has molasses and cornmeal in it. Molasses is, and cornmeal, wow. Yeah, that's a great breakfast toast bread there, that mm-hmm. one, too. Now, do you sometimes make a bread with cheese in it, or is that... Uh, we do. Tell uh, me, tell, talk to me, talk to me. We're getting that mixed up tonight. Uh, we'll be baking it off tomorrow. Well, one of them uh, is the chili cheddar bread. Oh, it's yeah. got uh, cheddar, some cornmeal, uh, jalapenos in there. Um, it's great toasted, slathered with butter, with uh, egg sandwiches, BLTs. BLTs. Mm-hmm. All the way. Mm. And, um, okay, on the spot now, what are your favorite breads? Pick one. You have to pick one to, get, to take to a, the, the proverbial de- today, man. desert island. It changes. Yeah. Uh, right now, pesto ciabatta. Pesto ciabatta. Yeah. Mm. But pesto and bread? Uh huh. It's a. It's a. The ciabatta is a an Italian style. It's a really light, airy dough, and we fold pesto into that, and it's uh, some of it comes out the top and gets nice and burnt and crispy. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. We we do it in the summer when there's a lot of basil, so we've only got maybe a few weeks left. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, we work the pesto through there, so it's got veins. It almost looks like it's marbled. Mm. You know, and then when we're shaping it, final shape, we put a, a nice dollop right on the top and fold it in. Cool. So, yeah. And right now, I'm uh, I'm big on the multigrain. I'm big on the multigrain. That's one that we uh, once we got to this hotter oven, uh, we started experimenting with. Um, we're baking our doughs now with the hotter oven with uh, a bit more water in the mix, higher hydration doughs, and that. 
conducts heat throughout the loaf quicker, easier, um, more moisture in there allows it to expand more. We're getting lighter, uh, lighter, airier uh, crumb out of it. When you talk about bread, uh, they'll talk about the crust and the crumb. Crust, mm-hmm. we know, outside. The crumb is in the inside. The crumb, that's the actual name for the interior? Yep. More, mm-hmm. So it's more yep. than just an actual crumb. Exactly. Now, I really wish I'd brought that song, Crumbs, on the table, because... <laughs> Ah, but that's okay. We can we can hear it in our heads. Yeah. Now um, there's some other great uh, contraptions in your bakery. I understand a great big old massive mixer, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Tell me about just how just plain big it is. I mean, it's so it. massive. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> it stands what six six and a half feet tall. It's a beast. I I don't know what the horsepower is. I never really looked at the. Mm specs on it but it can we could make we could mix um god easily a hundred pounds of dough at a time with that mm-hmm. thing easy wow if we if we were into mixing those those batch sizes we're not up to that uh <laughs> demand quite yet but uh also one thing i should mention before we go rapidly the time goes by unlike bread which rises slowly and patiently time just marches mm-hmm. on or, or sprints on, but um, also from the bakery come some desserts and other things that are baked. Uh, tell me about those. Well, what's nice about that in our in our uh, wood-fired oven is that we bake our breads on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. On Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, um, the sweets production folks, they can bake off of that same residual heat without lighting another fire. Hmm. Um and they're baking approximately 100 degrees cooler than we are. You know, with sweets, you know, the sugar levels in, in those products, they don't uh, bake as well at higher heats. You know, they would burn a oh, lot okay. quicker. So, um, you know, they bake. We bake our breads anywhere from, well, starting in the morning, um, some of our temperatures around 600 degrees. And by mm. the end of the day, we're down probably upper 400s, between mm. 450 and five. And then uh, the following morning, the sweets folks come in, and the temperature of the oven is down around 400. And so they can bake a whole day's worth of pies, cookies, and granola, and muffins, and all Brownies that. Brownies and blondies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are a couple of famous things we have down there, too. We've got these triple chip blondies that have got your regular semi-sweet chocolate chips in there. I think maybe... Uh, a white chocolate chip and peanut butter chip in them too, uh-huh. mm. and fudgy brownies that are rich. I mean, they'll, they'll rich. last you the whole yeah. day. Another great thing about the bakery now too is that we just got um, another array of solar panels installed on the roof. Oh, cool! Uh, Thirty additional solar panels. The co-op has had solar panels for a few years, but the bakery itself now is set up with 30 solar panels at. Um, I believe 500 kilowatts a piece. So, or a whole lot. A whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the bakery is going to be totally off the grid now for all of our mixing needs. That that mm-hmm. big mixer that we've got, which sucks a lot of juice, coolers, lights, you know, pumps, water pumps, whatever. Um, it's all going to be off the grid and off the hook. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's hook. Yeah. There's always a hook somewhere, though, right? Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Eric and Mike, from the River Street Bakery in Ypsilanti. Thanks for having us. It's a part of the Ypsilanti Food Co-op. 
And yes, yes. And I did want to tell uh, your listeners that we will be uh, down at the uh, 4th Avenue Co-op in Carytown, the Ann Arbor Co-op, uh, Saturday morning to uh, give a little demonstration and have lots of samples of uh, the bread down there and, of course, uh, some stuff for sale. Uh, you can find our bread at uh, both of the co-ops in the area, the Ipsy Co-op and uh, 4th Avenue Co-op uh, in Carytown here in Ann Arbor. Great. So, come, so we'll that'll be down be on Saturday. Come on and check us out. Saturday at the Farmer's Market from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., I think? Uh, yeah, we'll be at the, the Ypsilanti Farmer's Market 9 to 2. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much for coming by. Oh, thanks, Mike. Well, Arbel will help us face the music in a moment. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Not the same kind of mixer. I didn't get three feet high and rising bread or five feet high and rising. Not quite a bread mixer, but a cement mixer. Good enough, I think. Slim Gaylord, take us out, please. Thank you for listening, and keep on doing it. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Turkey carcasses. Turkey carcasses. carcasses. Okay, that would not be that recording at all. I think we have the wrong CD. Let me try this real quick here. That was a little bit of Thanksgiving preview. Thank you. Let's try this. Hey, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, get a rhythm. Not Slim Gaylor, but good enough. Thank you for listening, and I don't know what's going to happen next. Thank you. Get a rhythm. When you get the blues. A little shoeshine boy, he never gets low down, but he's got the dirtiest job in town. Bending low at the people's feet on the windy corner of the dirty street. Will I ask him while he shined my shoes how to keep from getting the blues? He grinned as he raised his little head, he popped his shoeshine rag, and he said, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, a jumpy rhythm makes you feel so fine. It'll shake all your trouble from your worried mind. Get a rhythm when you get the blues. Stopped once to wipe the sweat away. I said, you mighty little boy to be a-working that way. He said, I like it with a big wide grin. Kept on a-popping and he said again, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, it only costs a dime just a nickel a shoe. It does a million dollars worth of good for you. Get a rhythm. When you get the blues. It's past 7 o'clock. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Time to face the music. We are observing the passing of Marion Brown. Marion Brown has went, and we love him. We love the spirit of Marion Brown. This is Buttermilk Bottom. I'll come back in in a while and talk about Marion Brown some more. Let's think about him together, huh? 